stand and we're going to make our confession. Good to see all of you. Concerning this sign-up sheet, every once in a while you hear somebody say, you know, what kind of stock should I invest in or what kind of money markets and all this kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But I'll tell you what, no money market is my source and no stock is going to be my source. I want to do and plant seed in good ground. And I guarantee you, you will not be diminished. You will be multiplied if you plant into this good ground. So, Miriam, you can put it back there. Let's make our confession. For you visitors, we make this confession every service because we believe this is the will of God. So let's say it. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you believe it? I made it. Let's give the Lord a hand. Now to humor your pastor along, let's say it. The word of God. Is truth. truth. If I live the word, I I will be blessed. blessed. And if I don't, don't, I'm not too smart. That's not how it goes. I understand. You can be seated. Good to have all of you here tonight in the house of the Lord. David, I am sorry if there was a misunderstanding, but we are going to do it. David came prepared tonight for something that we talked about doing. I'm going to have Not tonight, but I'm going to have David share some of his testimony. And we've got a couple of hurdles that have been hurdled and uh, doing great moving toward the victory that we already have. And uh, one more hurdle coming up here, and we're going to have a positive report there, and I believe it's going to happen. The word tonight... Well, let's pray. I'm sorry, I meant to pray earlier, too, for all the people in uh, Houston and uh, Texas in general, uh, Florida now, the Keys, and uh, and, and in Mexico for the earthquake that was down there. So let's pray for for all of them. Boy, it's an exciting time we live in, and uh, almost in time prophetic. But uh, let's pray for all these precious people. Father... We don't know what all of these people are going through, but we just pray for the restoration of what seemingly has been lost by many of them, their homes, their furnishings. Some have even perished. And we just pray for the families. We pray that that the families that have lost loved ones would be comforted by your Holy Spirit and by other Christians down there to, to just give them words of encouragement. Now we pray as they dig out and as they clean up and as they rebuild that there will be people there to assist them, that the finances will be there, and that uh, somehow, some way, they will be able to turn this thing around and that you will be exalted in their lives and that they will know that you are their source. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And we all said, Brad Marshall has arrived in Victoria, Texas. He's now out there with Terry Henshaw and Samaritan's Purse, and uh, will be giving us a report on what further needs they have there, and uh, eventually moving into Houston area. And then we also know that there'll be some opportunities that we'll have, too, to be involved in Florida as we know exactly what is going on down there. So we thank you for all of your giving. And uh, we thank you for, I need my Bible, glory to God. I don't have that thing memorized yet, honey. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that you came on the right night. And now we'll see if that is correct because I want to ask you all a question. And that is that how many of you, now you may not know the definition of what I'm talking about, but how many of you have some issues going on in your life? Okay. 
Uh, and you say, well, what is an issue? You know what I'm talking about. You have issues. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you have issues? You know the terminology we hear sometimes. Or somebody will be talking and say, yeah, they got issues, you know. And say, what, what does that mean? Yeah, you know, they got issues. And, and uh, if we don't deal, this is the word that dropped in my spirit. I had another message that I thought I was working on that the Lord was giving me. And then as I was sitting uh, praying uh, early this morning, uh, well, it wasn't too early because my wife knows I got up late this morning. So anyway, this morning, uh, as I was praying, I just kept hearing this, uh, settle the issues quickly. And I, and I kept hearing it over and over and over again. Settle the issues quickly. Settle the issues quickly. And I thought, God, what does that really mean? And, and I felt like he showed me, in my life, and I know in life of people that I've ministered with and dealt with and, 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 and in many situations, is that issues come and go quickly. And things that happen, and we're going to talk about the definition of it in just a moment, but they happen, and if we don't deal with it, it's going to become a heaviness and a burden and a stress factor in our life. And a lot of times we just let things go and we don't address issues for various reasons, and we're going to talk about that. But I know if you, if you will deal quickly with issues, and we're going to talk about three ways to deal with these issues, it will set you free to move forth and be what God has called you to be. But if you don't deal with these issues, you will have a stress factor and things happen in your life that are going to bog you down and all you want to do is just mm, leave me alone. I, you know, I don't want any more or whatever. And instead of progressing where God wants you to go, you start to back away from things and becoming what God wants you to become. <clears throat> We're living in a world today where the enemy is trying to intimidate people. Intimidate your faith, question the word of God, uh, water down the things of God. There's a new book out <clears throat> I recommend all of you get. It is The Paradigm by Jonathan Kahn. Uh, can't put that book down. Uh, unbelievable what this man has felt God gave him, the author of The Harbinger. If you haven't read The Harbinger, I recommend you read The Harbinger. It's not a book of doom and gloom, but it is a book telling what has been told us is going to happen and how God wants the body of Christ to be the bright light and have the answer as we press into the end times. So we're going to settle the issues of life quickly. How many of you have some issues that you know you're going through and if you're not careful, they can really take your attention. Can I see your hands? Looks like all of our hands are probably raised. Now, here, I want to I share these three things with you on how to handle the issues of life because it will absolutely set you free if you understand how to do this. <clears throat> Number one thing that we have to do is to realize that we have issues or that the are, there are always issues. Number two, we've got to quickly determine what to do about the issue. And then number three, we need to release our faith to do it. Now, everybody said, so, simple, so far, so good. It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, number one, realize that there are always issues. And then number two, determine quickly what to do 
about the issues, and we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And then number three, just be obedient to do what you know you need to do. We're living in a world. Do we have the video ready? Do we have the video ready back there? Okay, not quite yet. Uh, I am old school. Now, you might say, what does that mean? I've talked about that before. Uh, what does that mean? I was raised by my grandmother and grandfather uh, very uh, heavily uh, when my mom and dad worked. But, but, but I mean, I wasn't, didn't live with them, but, but they were just instrumental in my life. They were wonderful people, old style people, just God-fearing people, just loved them. My mom and dad, the same way. And uh, there's a book out that's talking about a snowflake generation, uh, a generation where you just don't want to upset them. You don't want to make anybody feel bad about themselves. You just want to make sure everybody's feeling okay. It's just like, oh, I would never want to hurt your feelings. I wouldn't want to stop you from going off the cliff because you may feel bad about yourself if I stop you before you go off the cliff. So I'll let you go off the cliff and say, bye, I'm just going to miss you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the little snowflake generation, okay? Took the paddles away, took all the discipline away, took all of the firmness away, and said we're not going to ever raise our voice because God would never raise his voice. Well, I don't know about that when you read the Old Covenant, but we're in the New Covenant, I understand. That's us that we're in the New Covenant. But uh, I, I am old school. Would you say old school? And sometimes I'll hear people say, how many of you realize there are some things that just make your hair bristle? Now, there's no hair on the top of my head, but the hair on my back, all the hair, by the way, you're never going to see this, by the way, but all the hair I had did not leave my body. It went to my back. Uh, <laughs> Pam had a lady that, well, I, I, I got to figure out how to say this now so it doesn't come out who she'll know who I'm talking about. You'll know. The lady will. She said, I think your husband is very attractive. Is, or no, handsome. Very handsome. Well, that made me feel good. I like that. And uh, so then one day, something came up about hair. And she said, oh, even though he doesn't have hair. She said, oh, no. My wife said, oh, no, no, he has hair. It's all, all over his back. <laughs> now, this is the same lady who thought I was attractive. I mean, handsome. Handsome. And she said, he has what? I said, oh, his hair, is, his back is full of hair. <laughs> I don't think that's attractive. So I, I lost my only, only love besides my real love. <laughs> but, but what happens is sometimes when I hear people say, well, I, don't, I just don't want to make people feel bad about themselves. And we're gonna, this is all going to fit in the message here in just a moment. Because God has given you the answers for life. He's giving you the truth that will set people free. But if you don't come out of your comfort zone and to be able to, in love, share with people what God has told you to do and say and do what God has told you to do, you will enable people to go the wrong direction, including yourself. Including yourself. It's a very serious message. <clears throat> and I've seen people that... Now, I'm not saying I'm always right, so tell, tell a person on both sides of you, he's not always right. I know that there are times I handle things wrong and I make mistakes, but I'm guaranteeing you this. What I'm doing 
And what I'm saying and what I'm thinking is exactly what I told God, what I thought God told me to do. Later on, I have found out that I have missed God in some areas of my life. That's just part of the game. But it's no different than Michael Jordan taking a shot that he thought he was going to make. And he missed the shot. He's not going to stop shooting. He's going to shoot again and again because every shot he shot, he thought he was going to make it. And every time I make a decision to do something, I think it's God. And if it's not, and it turns out to be, I'll deal with that issue and he'll deal with me. But I am not going to sit back when I know that I think God showed me what people need to hear. Does that make sense to you? Turn to your neighbor tell me it makes sense to me. And it's the same thing for each and every one of you. But when you live in this snow, I don't know where it came from, this word, snowflake generation, but once I read about it and, and read the book, it's like, yes, it is. And we need to melt the snowflakes, and we need to get the old school people out out and we need to proclaim what God said and set people free and not be carrying around with us issues. We got too many young people with issues. We got too many teenagers with issues. We got too many parents with issues. We got too many grandparents with issues and if we knock the issue glad I said it like that. If we knock the issue out of people's lives and get rid of it, we can accomplish great and mighty exploits. How many of you know who the old gunny is? Nobody. Oh, one person. Glory to God. Mike Fields. Congratulations. The guy that we're going to see, it's obviously a commercial. You're going to see it. He's a retired Marine Corps drill instructor and one of my heroes. I used to watch him. He used to be on one of the uh, offbeat networks, and uh, and uh, I, I just love this guy. Uh, he, he's, he's hilarious. He was the real deal. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and watch it. This is the, he's a counselor. Go really save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Does a former drill sergeant make a terrible therapist? And that's why yellow makes me sad. I think that's interesting. You know what makes me sad? You do. Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jack wagon. Did you? <laughs> Geico, 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, he's, 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 you Mamby Pamby land. <laughs> we need to suck it up, get up, and move on with our life. And if we'll do that, will accomplish great and mighty exploits for God. Now, I want to give you a couple of scriptures here that will help you because the issues are going to come and go. All that's important is how you handle the issue. Now, the word issue is very interesting, but here's what it means. It means important, unsettled matters. In other words, it's a matter that's important, but it hasn't been settled, and therefore, if, if you don't settle the issue, it's always there, always there. And I wanted to give you an example before we go any further here, because I, I hope this works. This, this is kind of how I saw it playing out. So, uh, Miriam, come on down here. I'll use Miriam. Why don't come on down here? Okay, now Miriam, if you'll hold that, hold it tight so you can't lose it, so maybe two hands. Okay, you, you probably all can't, come up, let's step up here. Let's let everybody see it. Okay, so come on up here. This is your big chance, ladies. Okay, Wanda, humor's okay, but don't blow it. <laughs> now, 
Here's what happens. You all said you had issues in your life. I may need some help, too. I may need some more books here. We'll find out. But here's what happens. You get an issue in life. You got something that comes up, and all of a sudden, your finances are, are, are not going the way they should. And somebody says, well, you, you really need to, to tithe. If you start to tithe, so I'm not tithing. That means I've got less money than I have. So then the issue of finances, they start to build up. Oh, you've got sickness and disease in your body. That's a good one right there. And the issue starts to, to you know, you don't do what God has told you to do. You don't eat right. You don't take your medicine like you should. I'm talking to myself right now, and and things of that nature. And then all of a sudden, the kids come home, and, and you know the kids are getting bad grades. And well, I ought to discipline them, but I don't like to be disciplined. I never like to be sent to my room, so I just let the kid go. He'll be okay. And then pretty soon, you know, you start to get a stress factor. Can I see the hands of all the people? You know, somebody with a stress factor in their mind. Okay, and and you know. And I say, well, I don't know what to do, you know. And, I, and then the only time you discipline your kid is when you're angry, and that's the time you never should discipline your kid. Tell your neighbor, never discipline when you're angry. You don't discipline when you're angry because you never discipline, period. The only time you do it is when you're angry. So you're the problem, not the kid. There's a teaching philosophy acronym that goes on that I found out, and I won't quote you where I got it, but they refer to some of the children that they have problems with as raised by wolves. And uh, I, oh no, I just said it wrong. RBFs, RB, yeah, RBWs. They were talking, and they were saying, they were saying, I, I, I really screwed that one up. And, and, and they said, and they said we, we, these kids are RBWs. And, and finally one day I said, what's an RBW? And it says, uh, raised by wolves. And because of the kid's behavior. It's not the parents, it's the kids. And so anyway, you don't discipline your kids, so you know that comes on there. Yep, we need a little bit more books. And so all of a sudden, that stress is carried around because you never really dealt with it. And then you got issues in your life. Let me see the hands of the people. you got errors in your life where you know exactly what God told you to do, and you're not doing it. Can I see your hands? Oh, a lot of hands. Well, glory to God. Two, oh, my goodness. There it goes right there. Stress factor. It was really supposed to break in half, but because you didn't have a good grip, this is what it was supposed to do right here, but that's okay. <laughs> Give them a hand. That's all right. We're okay. No, they're okay. <laughs> that's okay, man. No big deal. Just ruin my whole night. <laughs> but, but anyway... But anyway, you get the point. You get the point. The stress builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up. And then you come to church and the pastor says you shouldn't have any stress. Uh, yeah, big deal. You don't know what I'm going through. Well, folks, if you deal with stress immediately, it will take care of itself. It will not be there. You deal with the issues of life. That's what we're going to talk about right now. First, number one, realize that you have issues and that when you realize that you have issues, then you will be able to do what God wants you to do about it. First Corinthians chapter two, <clears throat> excuse me, verse fourteen. We're going to be really go really quickly here, but it's talking about how we have the Holy Spirit, and that we are a natural person in this world, but the Holy Spirit filling us gives us spiritual discernment, and that we don't have discernment as the world has. We have spiritual discernment. Everybody say, I have spiritual discernment. 
So when you discern something by the Holy Spirit, don't press it down and act like it's not there. It's there. Somebody's not acting right. Something's not going right in your family. Somebody, you know, you get this thing that all of a sudden you start to have confidence in your discernment. Something's not right here. Something's not right here in my marriage. Something's not us, but something's not right here in my marriage. Something's not right here with this individual. Something's not right here with my child. And then you realize that God is showing me and giving me a warning sign that he's probably wanting to activate me to get involved. So let's all say it. Spiritual discernment shows me the issue. And in my life, I have gained so much confidence that I wished I sometimes didn't have. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. I went to Pam not too long ago, about a year ago, and we had this family. Everything on the surface was going great. It, they were prospering financially. They just, on the surface, it just glistened. It was the all-American family. Everything was going great. And I went to Pam, and I said, Honey, this family is in trouble. This is what I heard from the Holy Spirit. They are in trouble. Didn't make sense to me. Prayed for them. It got so heavy in my spirit that I finally felt like I had to do something. And that takes us to number two. And number two is that the Holy Spirit determining quickly what to do about it. Because a lot of times God gives us that discernment, but we don't do anything about it. We just, okay, I have the discernment, and you don't do anything about it. And so number two, it shows us what to do about it. And in number two, this is the scripture that I have for you. It's uh, uh, James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. And I'll paraphrase some of that for you, but in James chapter uh, 5, it says that it, when you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you. Now, how many of you have a very strong mind? May I see your hands? Okay. I know this sounds silly, but I don't think I have, uh, what did I say, James chapter 1? Yeah, James chapter 1. <clears throat> I don't think I have that strong of a mind. Do you, you know what I'm talking about, Pam? You, you know me better than anybody. Uh, I don't feel that comfortable with my own mind. I feel very comfortable knowing what God said. Does that make sense? And then my mind's like steel. It's like, I, I don't care what I see. I know what God said. I don't care what happens. I know what God said. Then I'm fine. But when I'm on my own with my own mind, I can vacillate pretty quickly. It's like, I don't know. And I've learned over the years, stay away from my mind and stay with the mind of Christ. And that this scripture is one of the most powerful scriptures in the whole Bible, in my opinion. It's James chapter 5. And it says, if any man, James chapter 1, if any man, any woman lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and that he will give it to us. However, everybody say however. however. But then it goes on to say, maybe we don't have it up there. Well, it says God, uh, uh, that, uh, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave uh, of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And then it goes on to say, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from God for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Unstable in what? All. Unstable in all of his ways. Now, this is really powerful. Now, 
Here's a definition of being double-minded because this is what happens to people when they don't settle the issues in their life. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever just felt like you're continually vacillating? Oh, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do that. Oh, maybe I should do. That. I know, maybe I should do this. And you wake up and you know. Oh, I should, maybe I should. I, no. I, maybe I should do this. And then you talk to little Susie, and Susie says, "Well, I think you should do this." Now you got three options. And then you call somebody else, and now you got four options. And then you go to your hairdresser, and you got five or six options. You know. I'm just kidding about that one. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so, but but anyway, look look at this definition. Double-minded definition, a person drawn in two opposite directions. His allegiance is divided, and because of his lack of sincerity, in other words, he's not sure, he's not settled, he's not cemented in to God, he vacillates between unbelief and disbelief. I mean, between belief and disbelief. Then it goes on to say, sometimes thinking that God will help him, and then other times giving up all hope, in God. This person, this is where a lot of Christians are today. Turn to your neighbor and say, you came the right night. That's where a lot of Christians are today. This person is unstable all of his ways, not only in his prayer life. The lack of consistency in his exercise of faith betrays his general character. This is right out of the New King James Bible that I have describing what people who are double-minded are. Double-minded people have not settled the issue of what God said to do about the situation. And I have learned in my life that once I know what God shows me to do, in other words, I'm showing you what the problem is. I'm giving you discernment. Now, I want you to seek me to find out what you're supposed to do about it. And I remember, number three is, is do it. Just do it. Faith without actions, James chapter 1, verse 26, faith without actions is dead. And I remember calling up this person and this family and saying to them, God has shown me, da-da, 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 da-da. And I want you to know that I want to help. And the person said, everything is fine. My confidence was shaken for a minute. Turn to your neighbor and say, only let your confidence be shaken for a minute. My confidence was shaken for a minute. And then I thought, no. I know what I heard. Their divorce and the chaos in the family will be finalized next month. It all fell in. It all fell apart. I wished and hoped that I was wrong. But the more I walk with God, the closer I walk with the Holy Spirit and not focus on things I'm believing and hoping for, but ask God, what is your assignment for me? The more I hear and the more I know I'm hearing what God wants me to hear, to help people settle the issues in their life. There are some people that are open, some that aren't. I talked to a young guy the other day that, well, actually there were two of them, and uh, uh, they were teenagers. And, and one of them, uh, I said, you know, I'd like to start meeting with you. He met with me once about a year or two ago. 
And, uh, and uh, I said, I'd like to start meeting with you. And he said, I don't want to meet with you. <laughs> so I said, that's all right. I understand. Maybe I can be a little intimidated. But then I got the other one that I met with. And, and he wants to meet with me all the time. And he wants what I can share with him. And, and I'm going to do that. But I'm not going to stop reaching out to people because they have a tendency to sometimes put you down. Let me see the hands of all the people you've ever been put down by somebody. <clears throat> and, and, and sometimes you know, we have this terminology, and this is why I like the drill instructor. Get over it. Glory to God. Nobody likes to have their feelings hurt. Why not? What the heck? Who cares about your feelings? It, it, now, let, let, me say, let me say this again. Who cares about your feelings? Oh, now, you don't understand. We're in a snowflake generation, and I don't want anybody's feelings to be hurt. I'm not going to say that word. <clears throat> this is not the generation we live in with God. We need to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. And the Word of God is very, very clear. Many people are intimidated. I'm going to ask you for a show of hands here in just a moment, just to see. Many people are intimidated from doing their assignment that God is giving them because they don't want somebody to be upset with them. I have a, um, well, I'm, I'm going to not say this because somebody's going to listen to the message. I have this person that we've been helping. And uh, I, whenever I don't help them the way they think I should, they get very upset. And there was a misunderstanding over something that they thought I was going to do. And I told them specifically I wasn't going to do it, but I want information on it. And when they gave me the information and I just felt in my spirit not to do it, and I said, I'm not going to be able to do it. I just prayed about it and I felt about it. And they then proceeded to tell me what they thought about me. Uh, and this is the person that I had helped quite a bit because God has shown me things about this person. And I know it's an assignment from God. Everybody say an assignment from God. So when you're feeding this wild animal and you're trying to do what God's called you to do and every once in a while they take a bite out of your hand, after a while it's like, I don't know how much longer I want to go ahead and feed this animal. Now this is not an animal, by the way. So turn to your neighbor and say, he's just joking. It's not an animal, but he lived like an animal. But, but, but all of a sudden it's like you jerk your hand back and say, I'll tell you what, I, you, the drill instructor, I give you that drill instructor and let him eat you up one side and down the other, and in six months you're going to be a man, not just snowflake, thinking everybody should take care of you. One minute you say, I want to take care of myself, leave me alone. By the way, I need a $1,000. Boy, there's that word again. Gee, my old man is still there. But anyway, it's like, no, but I'm going to tell you what God said. <clears throat> We live in a society. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I believe we have so many people in the body of Christ today, they don't want to upset anybody. I don't want, to upset, I don't want anybody to be mad at me. I don't want my kids to be mad at me. So therefore, I'll let them run wild. I don't, I don't want my wife to be mad at me. So therefore, I'll let her have anything that she wants. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you understand what I'm talking about. I don't want anybody to be upset. Folks, that is just fear factor. God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. But if you're succumbing to fear, you do not have power, love, and a sound mind. You do not. You do not have power, you do not have love, and you do not have a sound mind. You have it available to you, but you don't have it because the stress factor of fear settles in, and I believe the root of a lot of it is Proverbs 29.25. Proverbs 29.25 says the fear of man or the fear of people is the root of all evil. 
the fear and the snare, or, or excuse me, I'm sorry, <laughs> I said it wrong, that uh, the, the, the fear of man is a snare. The fear of man is a snare. What does it do? It grabs a hold of you. And uh, we have a situation where I had years ago, this person wanted to do something, and I felt, and I was new at, at the time. How many of you realize you have discernment? Can I see your hands? Let's just say, let's just say, I have discernment. It's not just for you to have discernment. It's, it's influence. Discernment is just information God wants you to have. Why would he give you information unless he wants you to do something with it? He's not going to give you discernment and say, just sit there and discern. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm a discerner. What are you doing? Nothing. I'm just sitting here discerning. No, you're supposed to get off your butt and do something. <clears throat> off your chair and do something. <laughs> off your chair and do something. <clears throat> so anyway, I was new at it. And and, uh, and and this couple was going to launch this ministry out in Tulsa, and and uh, and, and and anyway, <clears throat> they had all these grandiose plans, and uh, and I was really new at it. I didn't even understand discernment. I wasn't even sure I knew the definition of discernment at, at that time, and uh, and they was just sitting there, and I, I just told Pam before the meeting, I said, "Boy, I don't I don't think this is right. I have a check in my spirit." No, I didn't even know about checking your spirit. You know, I, just something doesn't feel right in here. <clears throat> so during the course of the meeting, my wonderful wife, when it got time for the people who were sharing there, I said, well, Bill, why don't you tell them what you think? I thought, I don't want to say a word. I don't want to say anything. They're excited about it. They're ready to launch this ministry, a husband and a wife and a bunch of other people, and lawyers involved and all. And I said, well, I don't know anything about it, but I, I just feel like something's wrong in my spirit. Well, the guy really got upset with me. He was not happy with me at all. I thought, man, I'm not going to do this again. <clears throat> I mean, if you realize you can do something like that. I'm not going to do this again. They don't want what I have, and maybe I don't even know what I have. Well, to make a long story short, they lost. They did their thing, and they almost went to prison. And uh, they, they were very fortunate. They didn't go to prison, and the whole thing crumbled down. And it wasn't that I was some super spiritual guy, but I realize now God was telling me, here's information I want you to have, discernment, and I want you to be able to share that, and this is how I want you to do it, and then if you just do it, it can bring forth the result that I want. Maybe not everybody will receive it, I understand that, but we can save lives by operating and using the discernment that we have. That's like a parent raising a child, and, you, and, and, and the discernment should be how to raise the child. We're living in a generation today. I don't know how many kids are on marijuana and drugs in our public school system around here, but I do know this. I talked to one not too long ago, and he said, yeah, yeah, I use some marijuana. And he said, but it's not, it's not any big deal. I said, yeah, it is a big deal. It's a gateway drug to drugs, just like alcohol. You know, is it a big deal to drink a beer? No, it's not a big deal to drink a beer, but I've never been an alcoholic yet that didn't start with drinking a beer. And so what you start with is what's going to escalate on down that slippery slope. And so I was explaining to this kid, I know what God was showing me about him, and I was explaining to him about the situation and circumstance and trying to get a dialogue worked out with him. He shut me down. So I came away from the meeting thinking, ah, what the heck, i got more important things to do than that. You know, I've I got other people that, now this is prideful. This is very prideful. So turn to your neighbor and say, cut him some slack. This this is prideful, but I thought I got other people who want my time. <laughs> so therefore, if you don't want my time, tough. You know, I didn't say that to him, by the way, but that's exactly what I thought. And then I thought the Lord said to me, "I didn't release you 
from your assignment based on what he said. I gave you the assignment based on what I said. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times what we'll do, we'll start to move out to do what God has shown us to do to settle this issue in somebody else's life, but also in our life. We, too, can be the person that has the issues, an issue of unforgiveness. Uh, I, can't, I can't begin to tell you how many people that, that I've, I've talked to and my wife over the years, and the root challenge they're having is not what happened to them. They could have been healed by what happened to them. Their challenge is they haven't forgiven. And they say, why should I forgive? Do you know what happened to me? Forgive so it releases you to go on with your life. Otherwise, you'll be captive by what happened to you for the rest of your life. The same thing when it finances in your life and situations and circumstances in your life, that God gives us the ability to deal with that issue, but if not, we carry issues with us everywhere that we go. And I see this time and time again. <clears throat> I know it sounds like a joke. I don't counsel very many people. Not that I wouldn't want to, but very, very few people want to counsel with me, and I don't have a very good reputation of being a good counselor anyway. You know, it's like suck it up, move on. Uh, God wants to heal you, and why are you going to lay around? I can relate to that drill instructor guy on the couch. I, I think that the only thing other than a tissue would be a weight. A real weight and just bop him in the head with it one time, get his attention and then say, you know what, this is what we're going to do. I think every single person that's struggling with life, stick them in the military and let them be there for a couple of years and bring them back out and get their act together. <clears throat> but we live in a wimpy generation where people don't want to change. And, if, and that can start with us. That can start with us. Well, I want to be used by God, well, then you've got to settle the issues in your life because if you're full of issues, you're sitting on the sidelines with all of my issues. What are my issues? Well, let me tell you everything that ever happened to me. That's where my counseling went astray when somebody said, I want to tell you everything that ever happened to me. Glory to God. You shouldn't even remember whatever thing happened to you. God should have taken it away from you. Instead of rehearsing, you should set free. Let's stand to our feet. I'm rambling now. I know I am. But anyway, <clears throat> you need to get free so that you can be what God has called you to be. <clears throat> My friend David. I just love David Wilson. He's going to be able to share a testimony coming up here. And it's going to be abs it is absolutely awesome what God is doing. But I know this. This Bible is my source. Amen. This prayer journal is my source. And I know this. When I go out and pray and I get alone with God, and I say, God, show me what you want me to do. And there are times God will show me the issues that are building up in my life. I didn't even know it. Did not even know it. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. God told me the other day, I was praying about uh, uh, the church and situations and 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 uh, <clears throat> anyway, I have stopped really checking out the attendance and the finances in the church because one moment they're great, and next moment they're greater. That a good confession. One day of the attendance is great, next day of the attendance is greater. You know what I'm talking about. If I went in front of you, I'd say one day it's really in the toilet, and the next day it really looks good, but I don't know what's going on around here. <clears throat> and I said, God, what do you do about that? I said, God, God, I said, God said, I told you what to do about it. Now you've let that become an issue in your life. I, it, I didn't think about the message at the time because I didn't have the message. And I said, what do you mean? 
and said, go back in your prayer journal. And I went back in my prayer journal to the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Specifically written down, I want you to stop looking at the attendance. I want you to stop looking at the finances. And I want you to focus upon me. And I had drifted away and taken that item back on me and let it be a pressure. One more layer of pressure. One more item. One more item. And before you know it, you get that heaviness on your life. It becomes a stress. You don't even realize it, but the Holy Spirit will show you what it is. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to pray for all of you right now. I could be wrong, but I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show you if there are unresolved issues in your life. I personally believe that probably everybody does have, but maybe not. But while we're in prayer, if that's you, and the Holy Spirit is showing you unresolved issues that you have in your life, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand. I want to know who, yeah, okay, I see the hands, I see the hands, I see the hands. Now here's what I want to do for all of you while we're still in prayer. I want to pray for you, and that as I pray for you, I'm asking God, and I want you to do the same thing. Ask God. He's shown you what the unresolved issue is. I want you to ask God what He wants you to do about it. <clears throat> God will never let you carry around an unresolved issue unless He has already told you or it's a new one and he's about to tell you. But I know this, God will tell you. Everyone that wants to hear that from the Lord, I want you to lift your hand right now. Now, Father, you see all of these hands put, raised, those that do have unresolved issues. I pray that in the name of Jesus, you are no respecter of persons. You've shown me, and I know that this is your message for tonight. I pray that you will show each person here how to address that unresolved issue, whether it be an issue in their life with themselves or an issue with another person or another situation. I pray that you're going to show them exactly how to deal with that issue exactly how to deal with that issue. Right now, Lord, right now, I bind all distraction. Right now, in this moment of silence, speak to them, Lord, by your Spirit. Now, it doesn't take God long, but a moment to speak forth while we're still in prayer how many of you let's see your hands God has shown you how to resolve that issue can I see your hand okay good 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 now the only thing left to do is for you to do it and don't be concerned about how you feel in your flesh or in the area of the mind just do it while we're still in prayer I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer in your life. 
do you know where you're going to spend eternity? The Word of God is very clear. Maybe you're here tonight, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. <clears throat> Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You've, you've walked away from the things of God. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, you've described me, I, I know my life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and we're going to pray for you. I see your hand over here. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand over here. Are there others all the way back there in the back? I see your hand. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, anybody else? Anybody else? All of you that lifted your hands, would you quickly come down here to the altar? Right here, young lady. All the way back there. Right there. Come on down here. All the way in the back row, I believe. Give them a hand as they come. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Come on down here. Yeah, give them a bigger hand than that. The Word of God says the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And we are glad that you are with us tonight. Set your hands out toward these. Father, we thank you for each of these ladies. Thank you for the plan and for the purpose that you have for their lives. Thank you that this is a night of new beginning, a night of restoration, that the dreams, the vision, the plans, the things that you've had in your heart for years as young girls, God's never changed his mind about what he has for you. That all the experiences that you've had God will turn it around and strengthen you and restore you. So we're all going to pray this prayer and we're going to join you as we pray. So let's pray together. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But tonight, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you to be all that you've called me to be. Father, I thank you for these three. Thank you for restoration. Restoration in Jesus' name. We all said amen. Ladies, there are ladies right here going to minister to you for just a few moments. Okay, before we leave, I want us to make a confession. Are you ready? So let's say, now, uh, let's give Aaron Campbell a hand, a visitor with us from Arkansas. He's going to start traveling back and forth for our services from Arkansas. Let's say, I am a child of God, and I have spiritual discernment. The Word of God is my source my power and my authority. Word of God says, I fear nothing. Word of God says, I'm not anxious for anything. Word of God says, I have the mind of Christ. Therefore, my plan is God's plan. And that is that I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm going from glory to glory. I have great discernment. 
and God will tell me what to do with that discernment so that I can help other people. When I'm fixed, I can fix others through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can you believe that? I believe that is the will of God. Go and be blessed. Give the Lord a hand.